Hello, everyone. It's good to be with you again. To start, we'd like to wish all of our readers and listeners a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. May God bless you and your loved ones greatly. The holidays can be special in different ways for many people. It's a time of celebration, of spending time with loved ones, and also a time of reflection. For some, these holidays can be fun and exciting, full of joy. But for others, these same moments may not be so great. The holidays can bring to the forefront difficult memories, like missing loved ones that are no longer around, or remind people of how things are not as great as they would want them to be. Sometimes, while some people are laughing and having fun, others may be secluded dealing with their own issues. And of course, there are those folks that may be laughing and smiling on the outside, but down deep inside, they're living a much different reality that only they know about. For some people, the holidays may actually be a very tough time for them. How can we get through these tough times, or any difficult moments for that matter, no matter when they occur? We'll talk more about this a little later on. As part of our prayer focus today, I would like to pray for you. Yeah, for you. For whatever situation you might be going through. If these times are happy times for you, then I'll pray that you may be able to enjoy them to the fullest. But in the same manner, I would like to pray for those that have a different story, that they are probably going through some hardship and pain. And this is holiday season only intensifies that hardship and pain even more. So, just sit back, and while I pray, put whatever is in your heart before the Lord as I pray for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Holy God, I give you thanks and I praise you, O Lord, in the name of Jesus, first of all, for Jesus Christ. I give you thanks, O Lord, for the salvation that we have through Him. I give you thanks, O Lord, because through Him is that we can come to you, Father. Heavenly Father, thank you for your great love and your kindness and your mercy and your grace, O Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, now I pray that you please forgive me. And I pray humbly now, Lord God, for for each listener, Lord God. Heavenly Father, if there are people that are just having a great time, Lord, I pray that you bless that great time and they might just be able to enjoy it that much more. But Heavenly Father, also pray for those people that are probably going through some hardship, through something difficult right now. Maybe their certain memories are troubling them, Lord God, or just their current circumstances, whatever it is that they're going through. I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you know all thoughts, all minds, all hearts. You know everything about us, Lord. And whatever they're thinking about right now at this very moment, I just put it before you. And I pray, O oh Lord, Heavenly Father, that you may show your greatness, whether it's through your presence, through your peace, through your joy, or, Lord God, that you may resolve that issue that they have. But Heavenly Father, I pray now in the name of Jesus that your word may speak to us, may speak to our hearts, to our minds. Help us to understand what you want us to understand. Help us to understand your truth. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The holidays can mean different things to different people. I would like to help those that need to get through a tough time if that's what they're going through. Today's scripture reading that will serve as our anchor point, if you will, can be found in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 and 10. And this is what we read. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, 
for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. The passage we just read had to do with a problem the Apostle Paul was going through. It was a physical problem. What can be sort of deduced from certain passages is that Paul may have had a serious eyesight issue. He alludes to it in a particular passage when he tells his audience that he wrote the letter himself, judging by the size of his writing. Now, it's not conclusive, but whatever it was, it was a huge problem for him. He describes it as a thorn in his flesh. So if we go by the description, it was something that troubled him all of the time, digging into his very being, causing him pain and hardship. And it was clearly something he could not get rid of, no matter how much he prayed for God to deal with it. Now, Paul does write that he understood this thorn to be something that God allowed so he wouldn't grow in pride over the many things God would reveal to him and do through him. God allowed it to keep him humble. The issue or hardship or pain, the thorn, that most, if not all of us have, may not be related to the reason Paul was allowed to have it. But as a matter of fact, Paul lived very unique spiritual experiences that only he lived and none of us will ever experience. But, despite the reason, we may have a thorn in our lives. We may have something or some things that feel like torture and that it seems like it will never go away. Here is where this passage, among others, will apply to each person that is going through some sort of tough time. Notwithstanding the reason, we need God's grace and we need His strength during our time of weakness. And something very ironic can happen if we take certain steps in the Lord as we wrestle with our infirmities, with our reproaches, our needs, our persecutions, and our distresses. And as opposed to being torn down and destroyed, we can find God's strength made perfect in our weaknesses. We can boast in our infirmities through Him, and we can be strong in our moments of distress. The first idea we need to cling to is that God understands us. That is one of the wonders of Jesus Christ. The Lord took our human form with all of our weaknesses and frailties. And with that, He understands personally what you may be going through, so He can sympathize with whatever it is you're going through. The Bible teaches us this in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, where it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. So you can feel free to talk to him about it. Remember that prayer is the way we speak to God. And through that time of prayer, tell him what you feel. One of the greatest helps you could ever have is having someone that not only can listen to you attentively, but also for that same someone to have a complete understanding of what is happening with you. Because a number of things could happen where we cannot have that outlet. We may have friends or loved ones that probably will listen to us, but they cannot always be there. Those same people also have issues of their own, and they may not be able to pay close attention to your own issues. Or you cannot be very open with anyone because your issue or issues may be too personal. They may just be too deep. But God is always there for us. And Jesus understands us through and through. And He will always give us His undivided attention. Because He is God, 
and it is quite natural for him to handle all kinds of things and people at the same time, being the Almighty he is. That is the whole purpose of the Holy Spirit, the third person of God. The Bible teaches us that the Holy Spirit is the Comforter. That is why it is so necessary to be born again by surrendering our lives to God. When we give our lives over to the Lord and we ask Him to come into our hearts, He allows for His Holy Spirit to live within us, deep inside our hearts. That is when we can have a genuine, personal, and intimate relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And only then can the Holy Spirit that dwells within our hearts do that marvelous work of comforting us and giving us that peace that surpasses all understanding as we look for the Lord daily. The second concept we need to cling to is that we need to allow for the Lord to take ownership over our mind, our thoughts. But that takes a process. The way we do that is by committing our thoughts to the Lord, by spending time with Him through prayer and reading and studying His Word. As we spend time with Him, the Bible teaches that we need to meditate on Him, on His things throughout the day. When we do that, our thoughts begin to change. Our focus turns towards Him. The Bible teaches us this through Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, where it says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So as we read, we need to concentrate or filling our thoughts with things that give us a better perspective. His word also teaches us in Romans chapter 12 where it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Then do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In a very practical and logical manner, we need to start surrendering ourselves to the Lord. And there are many reasons to do so. The first should be an act of gratefulness for the way He loved us and saved us. Secondly, if we understand that what He wants for us is good, then we need to start doing good things for His glory and for our own good. And third, by virtue of submitting ourselves to God, He can then begin to change us, thereby allowing our mind to be renewed, so our thoughts start changing. And then we can overcome the very thoughts that torment us. The mind is a great thing, and it, but it must be surrendered to the Lord. Otherwise, our mind can also destroy us by keeping us prisoner to all those things that make life hard for us. And as a third step, we also need to cling on to this biblical truth. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, the Bible says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear has different aspects. The fear that God is talking to us about here is not the fear that has to do with deep reverence and respect we all need to have for Him, because we do need to fear the Lord. The fear He's talking about here has to do with that of being afraid, of being paralyzed by feelings, thoughts, and emotions that keep us from the truth. I'll try to dig a little deeper. The devil works through the fear that has to do with being afraid or terrified. And the way he uses that fear is by making you pay more attention to certain things that could be true, 
but at the same time make you lose focus on even greater truths. Let's say you have financial problems, that you are just buried in debt. And to make matters worse, you may have either just lost your job, or you're stuck in a job where you make much less than you need. So even though you are working and making money, you're still sinking more and more into debt. Now, your situation is a reality. And Satan probably reminds you of that reality constantly. And that's where your thoughts start tormenting you. Your financial problem is always on your mind, in your thoughts. And you see it all the time as you try to provide for yourself or for your loved ones. But here is a greater reality. A great truth that Satan will always try to drive away from you. Yes, you may have real financial issues. But the greater truth is that if you have surrendered your life to the Lord and you are faithfully trusting in the Lord and also working hard because you need to be practical also, God is the Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth, the God of everything. He is our provider. He promises that we will always have a roof over our heads, clothes on our backs, and food to eat every single day. He also says that if He takes care of the birds, how will He not take care of you? So you need to overcome small realities with bigger realities, small truths with greater truth. You need to overcome the world and Satan's attacks with the almighty of the universe and the invisible world that is much greater than this small and passing world will ever be. If we go even deeper, when we have the blessed assurance in Christ by being saved and redeemed by Him, we can overcome even the fear of death. Most people will say that the worst thing that can happen to a person is, is death or dying. And yes, dying is tough. I was close to it myself many, many years ago, so I know. But the greater and more immovable truth in Christ is that death is only the beginning of eternity for those of us that have surrendered our lives to the Lord. So death is not a big deal anymore. Actually, when we die, all of our earthly problems go away, and we have only but the best to look forward to. That is the greater reality and truth we have in Jesus. And that is greater than any problem we may have here on earth and any kind of half-truth Satan can put in our way. So if the Lord is our God, we really have absolutely nothing to fear. We don't have to be afraid. So we can never allow ourselves to be ruled by fear. And the balance of the verse teaches us that God has given us, through Jesus Christ, a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. When we have God on our side, we have the unlimited power of the universe in our favor. There is nothing stronger or greater. Through Jesus Christ, we have acquired the power over death and hell. So if we understand we have that kind of power on our side, do we even have a reason for any kind of worry? We are also given the spirit of love. Love is by far the greatest thing that exists. We're not talking about human love where it can be twisted or temporary. We're talking about God love, the type of love that made creation possible, the kind of love that made the sacrifice of Jesus possible. That is the love that will transcend all limits. That is kind of love that can help us follow Christ through any situation and keep us focused on greater realities. The love of God is what will keep us cemented and founded on the truth. And finally, we are given a spirit of a sound mind. 
Another term for sound mind is self-control. Self-control involves being governed by reason, not by instincts and emotions. And the reason that should govern us is God's truth, God's principles. When we have a spirit of self-control, we can say no to temptation, to the weaknesses of our flesh and to our human frailties. So in closing, if we surrender our lives to the Lord and we have the conviction that He cares and He listens and He understands us and we flood our thoughts with good things and we allow for God to renew our minds, allowing Him to overtake us with His power, with His love and His sound mind, we can become mighty and strong even in our weakest moments and toughest times. For it is written, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, I give you thanks because you are for us. You have always been for us. You are for us. And you will continue to be for us. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your love and for your mercy and for your grace. And Lord, I give you thanks because you want to be a personal God. You don't want to be a distant God. You want to be a God that's right there, right by our side, but even more than that, you want to be down deep inside our hearts and in our minds and our being, Lord God. And you want to be there for us at every single moment and for eternity. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks because you care about us. Even though we may not see it at the moment, we may not understand it, but you do care and you do love us. Heavenly Father, I pray that you help us to understand that first, that you do love us that you care about us, that you understand what we go through, what we feel, no matter what it is that we're going through, that you get it, Lord God. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, help us, O Lord, to, to flood our hearts and minds with your truth rather than with the lies of Satan. And whether, Lord God, to, to help us, O Lord, to not pay attention to certain things here, Lord God, but to always keep in mind the bigger picture, that you are Lord that you are God, that you care about us, that we are important to you, and that you will help us throughout any and every situation that we may be in, Lord God. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus again for each listener. I pray, Heavenly Father, for whatever circumstance they may be in. I pray, Heavenly Father, for your grace, your peace, your joy. I pray for your salvation, Lord God, for them, if they, especially if they don't know you yet, that they may come to know you as Lord and Savior, Lord God. And Heavenly Father, I pray for whatever hardship they may be going through, knowing that there is nothing impossible for you, that everything is possible for you, and that we can trust in you with all of our hearts. I give you thanks and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Again. Merry Christmas to all. May the Lord bless you. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world.